welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kinda Cute we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. I gotta apologize right off the bat, y'all. My little Gurky dog is not doing very well. He's been vomiting <laughs> like all weekend, just really struggling, and I took him to the vet today, and he has to go back tomorrow. So this might be the one episode where you guys do not hear the dogs freaking out in the background because he's just so tired and worn out from throwing up. Um, sorry to start out on that note, but just wanted to put it out there in case I seem a little bit um, less enthusiastic than normal because you know I freaking love a good celebrity gossip session, so I'm hoping by the end of this, the spirits will be risen, we'll all be feeling good, but keep him in your thoughts. Okay, we have to do a little follow-up on last week's episode. Obviously, I talked a lot in my intro last week about the interview that Liam Payne from One Direction did with Logan Paul on his podcast. Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard yet, but I wanted to address Zayn's sort of come back to that interview. And to remind you, Liam made some comments basically saying that he didn't think that Zayn's parents had gave him the same support that Liam's parents gave him. And he sort of made a jab about the drama that went down with Yolanda and Gigi and Zayn. So I'm recording this on Monday. So about three days ago, Zayn posted an Instagram of him singing the high note in the One Direction song, You and I. Now, if you are not a huge One Direction fan like yours truly, I will tell you that that is significant for two reasons. First of all, Zayn never acknowledges the fact that he was in One Direction. It seems like a time of his life that he would like to forget. Secondly, Zayn sang the high note in this song when the song originally came out. He would sing it, you know, when they would tour. But when Zayn left the group and they became a foursome, Liam took over this particular part of the song. So it might just be the perfect subtle clapback of celebrity proportions if I've ever seen one flawlessly executed. <laughs> I really can't get over it. I just, again, I think Liam and Zayn are both problematic in their own ways, but I have to give Zayn the win on that one because it really was a good comeback. Oh, and how can we forget? It's also sort of a nod at the fact that Liam was talking about being the front man of the band, which I explained. I'm I'm on Liam's side on that one. That is true in One Direction lore that the band was created around him. But him saying, you know, his his single sold best. I think this was just Zayn's way of saying, like, I have the singing chops, so let's not try to downplay my accomplishments. Ugh. Again, I hope you liked the little getting to hear it right there because he does have skill. He really does. Okay, speaking of young stars... <laughs> I cannot stop thinking about Cole Sprouse's Instagram post. So Cole Sprouse is the Sprouse twin who is on Riverdale. You may originally know them from The Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Dylan dates Barbara Palvin, a supermodel. Cole, I think he's also dating a model right now, but he's, I don't know, all over the place and posted this photo of his face, but in the in the background, you see a mirror reflecting his backside and the butt in it is just so voluptuous like it it's curvy it's giving barney the dinosaur a little bit and i stared at this photo for so long and i was like is that really what his butt looks like like is it is he just bending over i'm not one of those girls who's great at spotting a photoshop in a photo because i don't know how to do it on myself so like when i see it i don't immediately clock it i do kind of go through life thinking obviously everything is 
photoshopped to some degree but again not very good at identifying it like I can't spot a curvy wall they don't stand out that much to me and uh, to the point where I googled it it's like one of those debunking myth sites and it informed me that in fact uh, this is very likely photoshopped and and within that same article, I was given a recreation by someone on Twitter who scaled down the photoshopping to kind of show what the original would look like. And let me tell you, it was a lot less voluptuous. But I think, and Kenzie, my sister, agrees with me on this, that this was a little attention-seeking move on Cole's part because Dylan famously, his nudes were released. I, If I'm remembering correctly, it wasn't a leak. It was he accidentally posted them, kind of like how Chris Evans did where he posted a photo from his camera roll and you could see his nudes like at the bottom of the screen. A similar situation, I believe, happened with Dylan. So I think Cole was just trying to keep up with the Joneses and his twin. You know, he wanted to get the Badonkadonk out there. But go look at it on his Instagram. It's still there. It was clearly posted on purpose if you want it to haunt, haunt your dreams a little bit. Y'all, I have to give a little update on what I want to call Mushroom Girl. This is something we talked about way back when, one of my early episodes. And I might have mentioned this because this was the TikTok post I had made when my TikTok got hacked. And so again, I apologize if I'm repeating myself a little bit here. But basically to recap, this story was an ask... Polly article in the cut back in 2019 when Heather Haverleski was writing the the column. And so obviously it's like any sort of column like that. Someone writes in for advice. They don't use their real name. It's anonymous. And then Heather slash Polly would write back advice to them. And this particular woman wrote in speaking about how her mother-in-law and her in-laws in general would purposely put mushrooms in food when she was coming over to eat even though she made it very clear she was deathly allergic to mushrooms. And her husband pointed out that before they were aware of this mushroom allergy, they didn't even really use mushrooms in their food that much. And the thing that really struck a lot of people, I think, is at one point they made mashed potatoes and they put mushroom powder in the mashed potatoes. And that's just something you wouldn't even normally have mushrooms in. And the woman who's writing in for advice speaks about how I think they're at Thanksgiving dinner and they're coming by with this big mushroom dish. And she's like, I literally had to hold my breath as the mushrooms were going by. And she was also pregnant at the time when this was going on. So just horrible on so many levels. Someone commented on my TikTok because I pointed out that she was pregnant and they were like, well, doesn't she have like um, a purpose just, just on her own as a woman and not just because she's pregnant? And I was literally like, yeah, obviously no shit, Sherlock. If there's anyone that thinks that it's me, but... I didn't respond exactly this way, but I'm telling it to you guys this way. But the thing is, you would think, even if these mother-in-laws truly did not give a shit about killing their daughter-in-law, that maybe, just maybe, they would care about the uh, unborn child that was also their uh, sons. You know? Like, if people are that psycho that they're going to do that, you just kind of figure that they're that narcissistic that they would would want their, their seed to get passed down, Right? Anyway, so I posted a TikTok basically just explaining that I always think about this story like it really haunts me and I always think about how could anyone be that cruel and that inconsiderate and awful and the comments I got on this video blew my mind and you know people are saying why wouldn't you think this is real and it's not because I'm doubting anyone's story it was more just like I couldn't fathom people acting that way and I do know that a lot of times these advice columns or even those like sex columns that are in 
um, the cut or, you know, money diaries and refinery 29. It's, it's hard to know as an outsider, if they're real, it's actually like, you know, when you were young and they would have those embarrassing stories in 17 mag and they always seem kind of fake to me, it's the same vibe. Like you kind of read it and you're just like, is that something that actually happened or is someone practicing their creative writing skills? And that's how I felt reading this article. But you guys, the comments on this video, I'm going to read you some of them. Okay. This is one. It says I'm celiac and my boyfriend's family used to quote, test me by sneaking gluten into random foods to see what would happen. Zero ten nightmare made me so sick. Like, okay, unfathomable behavior to me. This one, my mother-in-law keeps a bowl of only the foods I'm allergic to on her kitchen counter and it legit feels like a threat. And someone responded to this, maybe she keeps them in the bowl as a reminder of the things she's not supposed to use, but <laughs> I'm not buying that. Okay, we have one that says, I'm allergic to red meat and my family used to lie to me as a kid and say steak was pork and then we're mad that I was always sick. It keeps going, like, I'm just giving you a fraction of these comments. There are so many, I couldn't even screenshot them all or even find them all. And to give context, there's 1,841 comments just on this this TikTok video. It says, uh, my ex ate peanuts, kissed me on the cheek. I broke out in a rash immediately. And he was like, oh, I was just checking because I didn't believe it. This was a common theme that emerged. People literally testing people's allergies, which again is so disrespectful. Even if someone is lying about having an allergy, like let's assume that happens. I don't really think that happens often, but let's assume it does. Why would you test them? Like, what are you, what are you trying to prove just so you can go, haha, see, you're not allergic. Like, get over yourself. Okay, this one says, nah, it's real. My ex's mother started this and escalated to putting stuff I was allergic to on the food I had in the fridge. Like, literally, this person would have food in the fridge and the mother-in-law would come in and put allergens on the food. Uh, This one says, I'm severely allergic to lemon. My mom accidentally put lemon on calamari and hoped I wouldn't notice. (laughs) Okay, no. So... Then I was alerted to this other article that was in Slate. And this one, again, just as crazy as all of these comments, but I wanted to share it because, again, just shows how this shit actually happens on a pretty regular basis. If you have a story like this, write in and let me know. I actually had multiple people, like, after they saw my TikTok, go find my Instagram, DM me their paragraph and paragraph long stories um, on my Instagram. And the shit like that they were telling me, again, just unspeakable things. And they even said like, oh, I know you have a podcast. Like, I just wanted to share just so you know this like is a legit problem that happens. All right. So the Slate article is called Dear Prudence, Gastric Warfare. I fear my mother-in-law's poisoning me, but my husband doesn't believe it by Emily Yaffe. In this one, we have a woman writing in saying that her mother-in-law hates her and she's very aware about it. Like she knows that the mom ain't feeling her, but her husband would always make her attend these family functions at the in-laws house every month. And a lot of people in these comments are like, you just need to go no contact. Like, why would you ever go to those people's houses again? But I think everyone can vouch for the fact that family dynamics are so complicated and you, you want to please your husband and you realize it's your husband's family. It's really hard to be like, oh, I'm just not going to go over there. And yeah, obviously, if it's it's affecting your health, that's one thing. But in this situation, she didn't know that her mom was doing anything to her. Okay, because let's get to it. So she would go and have dinner or whatever at the in-laws house. And the next day, she would have the worst case of diarrhea. 
And it would be so weird because like her husband wouldn't have it. No one would have it. But it seemed like she was like getting food poisoning from the food. So she's like, I kind of have this feeling that something's going on. Like the the mom's purposely giving me something, putting something in my food or drink. She's like, it's literally gotten to the point where I'm considering getting adult undergarments, i.e. diapers, so I don't, you know, diarrhea myself on the way home and get it all over the car's upholstery. So Prudence is like, girl, this this is something out of a horror movie. Um, This sounds like you're being poisoned. So this is the advice she gives verbatim. It says, the next time you go for dinner at her house, after the food is served, but before you begin eating, you and your husband should agree to swap plates and cups. If your mother-in-law screams to her son, don't eat that, case closed, Sherlock. Of course, this will require your husband to take your concerns seriously. It's alarming to think your mother-in-law might be deliberately sickening you. Equally distressing is the fact that your husband does not believe you when you describe her malicious behavior. Because the husband was not buying like, oh, that that's why you're getting diarrhea. So lucky for us, we actually got an update. And this woman writes back into Slate and she goes, I followed your advice. And what happened was my mom had made this big pot roast dinner and there was a little au jus, a little like horseradish sauce. And they were in little their own little boats, their own little basins, like each person had one. And she switched hers with her husband. But unlike what Prudence told her to do, she just decides she's not going to tell anyone that she made the switch. She just does it. And lo and behold, that night, her husband gets some raging diarrhea. And he then calls her out saying that she was trying to poison him and like how could she so to me and I think to a lot of people who read this article it kind of made it seem like he was in on it all along like he fully knew that the mother-in-law was doing this and it's just like dude get a divorce like why why are we poisoning your wife um and luckily she was like I packed my bags I got the hell out and I'm currently getting a divorce which was the only correct answer to that But again, if you are going through this, I want to hear about it. And I also just am so sorry. It's I I, I, (laughs) gobsmacked. Okay, something much lighter. Um, Jack Harlow, he did a collab with KFC. And sadly, I can no longer eat chicken due to my pescatarian lifestyle. So luckily, my friends went and tried the KFC Jack Harlow meal for us. And it consists of a spicy chicken sandwich, a side of mac and cheese, a lemonade, um, fries, and barbecue sauce. Now, unfortunately, they went to what they called a haunted KFC in New York City. I believe it's on 14th. And they were not serving the lemonade, so they felt they could not give a true uh, breakdown of this meal. But I wanted to insert a little clip of uh, (laughs) them going to do this. And this is my friends, Matt and Elena, and I hope you get a kick out of this. If you want to go see the full video um, and not just the audio that I'm kind of splicing, you can go to uh, Matt's TikTok at It's Maddie Scott. All right, what day is it? Jack Harlow Day. We're getting our meals. We're heading to KFC because you know what? That problematic, contextually hot white boy, he does it for me. Okay, so first issue, we did not see lemonade, but we tried to find something that was like as close as possible. So I went brisk. I went Diet Pepsi. Not close. We tried. <laughs> Gonna eat this the Jack way, which is a little bit of mac and cheese on top of the chicken. I'm dubious. It's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> Spicy. Just like Jack. Second and 14th, the most haunted KFC in America. 
So again, I just gave you guys a very spliced version of that, but I love my field correspondence. If you ever want to be a field correspondent for me for a pop culture moment, hit me up. Guys, it is June 13th. Happy Pride Month. Um, someone really close to me actually came out to me recently and they never listened to this podcast, but nonetheless, I'm dedicating this episode to them. And I, sorry, I don't have a better, uh, pride article, but I feel like it's fitting. So we have to discuss this one. Rebel Wilson just came out on Instagram by Olivia Truffaut Wong. She wrote, I thought I was searching for a Disney prince, but maybe what I really needed all this time was a Disney princess. Rebel Wilson wrote alongside a photo of herself and her new boo, Ramona Agaruma. She added a couple heart emoji, a rainbow, and the hashtag love is love. You know, I don't know if uh, comparing yourself to a Disney prince or princess is the most progressive thing, but you know, everyone's got to do it their own way. So I appreciate that. And actually, Ramona Grima is is very pretty. She kind of has like a Disney princess look about her. And I think it's really cute because they've actually, you know, been together a while. Um, the article says it's new boo, but they've been spotted at events for a while. So I think oftentimes when people are out with women they just assume it's a friend they don't unless that person's openly been bisexual or a lesbian like said that in the past people just assume it's a friend and i was actually listening to this podcast it's called what i will say and it talks a lot about you know gayler like the idea that uh taylor swift is bi and other celebrities who aren't necessarily out yet but maybe anyways in this it was she interviews someone who dated a famous pop star. Uh, they don't tell you who it is. And the woman who's in giving the interview, her voice is distorted. But when they were out together, she would just call this woman, her assistant. So people weren't suspicious because they were just like, Oh, it's her sis- assistant. So I think people do that a lot when they aren't necessarily ready to come out with a same sex relationship to the world. They kind of just either act like it's a friend or they kind of code it as something else that it's not. But I think this is cute because I believe that she gave this quote before she announced that these two were dating. She talked about her relationship with people and saying she struck out on dating apps and she met her current partner the old-fashioned way as setup. She says, we spoke on the phone for weeks before meeting. It was a bit old school in that sense, very romantic. And at the time, she called the relationship, quote, really healthy. So, you know, just wishing Rebel the best. We had to have some gay representation in here for Pride Month. I'm not great about that. I feel like I wanted a Pride-themed legit ship for this month, and I was really coming up dry, so I gotta get my shit together. And now to pivot to the complete other side of um, male heterosexuality, let's talk about Nick Cannon and all of his babies. Nick Cannon did not get that vasectomy, and this is also written by Olivia Truffaut Wong. Now, you might not be up to date with all the children that Nick Cannon has. It's very hard to keep count, but, and I always forget this, the fact that his first two children are with Mariah Carey. They are famously called Rock and Roll, get it, so sound like rock and roll. And then he has a son, Golden, a daughter named Powerful Queen. He has two twins called Zillion hair and zion and sadly he actually lost his son zen um pretty recently actually but then he confirmed in january that he was expecting his eighth child and now six months later nick cannon went on a podcast it was called the lip service podcast and he seems to confirm that he has more children coming on the way i don't know if he's trying to make 
make or break some world records, but he might be on his way. He says the stork is on the way and then seems to insinuate that it's going to be even more than he had the previous year because he says, if you thought it was a lot of kids last year. Now, I have to bring up a very disparate topic. There's a girl on, I always see her on TikTok, but she's actually one of the top creators on OnlyFans and her name's Stella Berry. And she was talking about how she wants to have kids with each man she's ever loved in her life. And I think she's being a little bit facetious, but she's like, I want to have a kid with each of them to see what I'm like mixed with each of these men that I've loved. And I just want to see what these kids are like. And I want to like compare them and contrast them and see like which one's the biggest little nightmare. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing her here, but that was sort of the gist of it. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe Nick Cannon feels the same way. Like he just really falls in love easily sees these women and like wants a piece of himself mixed with them um I don't know it's not my life journey but he said apparently he was gonna go celibate back in October 2021 and he only made it about a month and a half he says I didn't even make it to January I was supposed to make it to the top of the year then obviously I started going through some stuff and of course that's sadly um the loss of his son he says he got depressed with that so in December the thing is everybody I saw was down so every or, I'm sorry, everybody saw that he was down, like down in the dumps. So everybody was like, let's just give him a little vagina. That's going to cure it all. The actor explained that he, quote, fell victim to it right before Christmas. I started effing like crazy. And then he told E! News in May, so recently, that he wasn't looking to populate the earth completely and that he had gotten a vasectomy consultation. But that seemed to be rebutted by the fact in a recent Instagram, he said, I pray that all my next women have the strength of all my ex-women. And this was written along a spoken word prayer. I pray that they want a family and not just a plan B. And plan B is, you know, capitalized very much like the drug plan B. And as Olivia writes, not exactly the words of a man considering a vasectomy. But really, the reason I wanted to discuss this article is because of the frankly genius uh commercial that Ryan Reynolds did with him. So Ryan Reynolds has aviation gin and he creates this commercial with Nick Cannon making a drink called a vasectomy. And I always kind of forget how charming Nick Cannon is as an actor. Funny story. I went to, was it the, what was that event we went to where he was hosting? Okay. We can't remember the exact name of it, but it was basically teens who had done impressive volunteer work in the community. And it was this award ceremony and walk the moon performed and it was a casted show. So we took our younger brother and sister and Kenzie and I went as their chaperones if you will but we somehow (laughs) finagled our way to the very front row even though like we weren't even supposed to be in the pit area like that was only supposed to be like 13 year olds and we were significantly older at the time she was like 19 and I was like in my early 20s and (laughs) yeah but they were in this like shitty spot like crammed in the middle (laughs) And we ended up like shaking hands with Nick Cannon because he was the host. Now I'm thinking those hands have seen some shit. We were also like the only people who were singing along to Walk the Moon, so they kept looking at us. Oh, we were having a great time. Big Walk the Moon fans. We have been to a lot of Walk the Moon concerts. Anyways, please listen to this commercial. Like it was cracking me up. I know we have like, a lot of little audio inserts this time. I'm just having fun. There's just so much I want to share. It's almost Father's Day, and the one and only Ryan Reynolds asked me to help us all celebrate with the mother of all cocktails, the vasectomy. Lord knows I need one. And that 
Looks like a delicious vasectomy. I'll take it from here, Nick. I have three kids. I have eight. Come on, bring it in. Just hold each other. No wonder you have eight kids. You smell amazing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all, we got to talk about it. Miss Britney Spears herself got married this past weekend to Sam Asghari. And according to TMZ, Britney Spears' brother, Brian, was the only member of her immediate family invited to the wedding, which is not shocking considering everything that went down, but just shocking that he was even invited. I kind of thought there would be no family members there at all. And as uh, Daniel Cohen and Bendu Bensinath, who wrote this article, point out, it did have a lot of A-listers. We had Paris Hilton, Madonna, Drew Barrymore, Donatella Versace, who designed her dress, Maria Menounos, Selena Gomez, and Re- Matthew Rosengart, who was her legal counsel, who helped her get out of her conservatorship. And weirdly, Ansel Elgort was there. And as this article points out, is Sands accused of sexual assault. So kind of confused how he fits into this narrative. I think people in general are confused about how all these people fit in. But I think, you know, Paris Hilton and Brittany go way back. They're legitimately friends. I'm not sure the connection with Drew Barrymore. I know Britney Spears really looks up to Selena Gomez's music, and I'm sure they've bonded over what it's like to be in the pu- public eye and create music and all of that. Maria... You mean Selena looks up to her music? No, no. Britney loves Selena. I mean, it goes both ways. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Britney's like says she's like been influenced by Selena's music. Aww. Okay, I just did a fact check on that because I <laughs> was just speaking from something I read, but it is true that uh, back in 2016, Britney cited Gomez's revival tour as inspiring her new sound. She said, I listened to a lot of Selena Gomez. I just think her vibe is really, really cool and moody and sexy. I wanted to play into that a little bit. So yeah, and they both have mutual admiration for each other. Um, Gomez like has fangirled over Britney in the past, so I think it's very sweet that she was there. And these are some fun little tidbits from the wedding. Apparently, she kissed Madonna at her reception, which is a little nod to their 2003 MTV Video Music Awards kiss. And then Sam and Brittany ended the night riding away in a white Rolls Royce with a just married sign on the back. Very classic, very traditional. It's very fairy tale vibes if you haven't seen pictures yet. But this is the craziest shit, okay? Prior to the wedding happening, Britney Spears' ex-husband, Jason Allen Alexander, broke into her home and tried to crash the wedding. And not only did he break in and try to do this, but he streamed parts of him doing this on Instagram Live. So you see him approaching Britney's backyard um, because the wedding was held in a tent outside of her home. And he goes into the tent and it seems to be before any guests have arrived yet. And then there's a physical struggle with security. The feed cuts out at that point. And then he somehow gets in her home after that and goes live again. A spokesperson for the Ventura County Sheriff confirmed to NBC that police responded to a trespassing call and restrained this man outside. He was then booked for trespassing, vandalism, and two batteries, and an emergency protective order was issued requiring him to stay away from Spears later on Thursday. Well, thank God. Um, And then Matthew Rosengart, as we said, the attorney, he confirmed with page six that he had been arrested and that Matthew was working closely with law enforcement to ensure that Mr. Alexander is aggressively prosecuted to the fullest extent of law. That is so violating. You're having what is supposed to be this very magical, intimate day, and your ex-husband, who you were married to for a hot second, comes barging in uninvited. And this is also 
compoundedly creepy because in January of this year, Page Six reported that this man had posted two videos and a photo taken outside Britney Spears's mother Lynn's LA estate, and he put it on his private Instagram account. And then in a video posted earlier that day, he said he was planning on visiting Spears' childhood home and the homes of other Spears' family members. Um, and before he crashed the wedding, he posted a video that same day saying, everyone associated with Britney in the last 20 years, including himself, Sam, and all of Spears' immediate family should be investigated. So this just spooks the hell out of me. It sounds so unhinged. It sounds like he needs serious help. Like, this woman has endured enough. Can we let her be? I mean, damn. Y'all, I was hyped, and then I was very quickly let down because you guys know I love the strategist articles where it's items that celebrities can't live without, and this week was one with Emma Roberts, and I was like, oh, this is going to be so bitchy. This is going to be so catty. This is going to be so opulent because from some stars, I want it to be down to earth. In no world is Emma Roberts down to earth based on my, you know, completely not knowing perception of her. <laughs> so I was just so sad when this stuff was so humdrum that I don't even want to talk about it on here. So we are not. We're skipping that. Um, again, here, let me, I just, I, okay, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll point out some of the things because I can't help myself. Okay, like literally this stuff is just boring. Okay, we have... A little giraffe chenille baby blanket. Because in case you too forgot, she does have a baby with Garrett Headland. Then she talks about what a big fan she is of Joan Didion, which that was a little pretentious. Then we have um, a sleep crown classic pillow that costs 174 You know, now I'm reevaluating. I mean, like, maybe this is a little bougier than I thought, but I wanted like opulence. I will say the thing on here that I really appreciated, <laughs> my favorite item, she uses a Foxelli headlamp flashlight in the bath to read books and this is hilarious to me because when I went to college and I did like camping trips I bought a headlamp flashlight and I truly thought it was God's gift to earth that shit was so handy you put that on you feel like you rule the world do you know how helpful it is having the light directly above your eyeballs versus like holding it in your hand and your hands free you can be cooking your dinner in the dead of dark with that thing strapped on your forehead it it's a, I mean, I don't, you know, I thought I could only use it in the woods, but now I'm reevaluating my whole life. Like, I think I need to strap one of these on and read in bed at night. Like, I love it. I don't even have to bend over and make myself uncomfortable to turn off the light next to my bed. I can just have a headlamp. So I don't know. Is this like the new thing? Oh, Guys, should I make trendy headlamps? Like, because instead of these ugly camping ones, like make really cute, chic ones and then send one to Emma Roberts. Don't steal this idea from me, guys. I'm serious. Like, I'm not playing right now. <laughs> All right, let's get to our little blind item of the day. Obviously, we had to do one of the woman of the hour, Britney Spears herself. And I didn't want to do a malicious one. Again, the girl's been, you know, through enough. This one comes from May 1st, 2019. And I just think it's interesting because it's actually in favor of Britney is why I chose this one. And I thought it was interesting that allegedly, you know, PR can work this way. Again, this is from Crazy Days and Nights. Take it with a grain of salt. It is not journalism. It is blind item. So it says the PR team leaked what was obviously misinformation to the big online tabloid. They are fully on board with publishing it, though, because they are not on the side of the 
A-list singer. They like making it look like she's doing something illegal or questionable, even if she isn't. It gets clicks and it helps those who can help them. Okay, so this is saying that a story was leaked to TMZ. And they published it because they wanted to make it look like Britney was doing something illegal when she was not. And in the reveal, it says Britney was not driving while on a cell phone. The car was parked, but made to look like she was driving. So this is just another example of how I think people are so much more likely to click on clickbaity things if it's making a celebrity out in a poor light. And it's just a sad reality because all of these publications, they depend on the clicks for their ad money, right? Clicks equals money. And the lengths they'll go to to sort of distort reality to make sure that they're bringing that money in or just picking the stories that are going to more effectively do that. And I think this happens every day to so many celebs. And it's just something, you know, to be a little aware of because I do think this shit is 100% true. This is a blind item, I believe. Make your own interpretation of it. Let me know what you think. As usual, I would love if you rated and reviewed this podcast. I only have like 32 little ratings on Spotify. Like, can we get that to 50, guys? I would have a freaking party. I would get myself a little pizza party if you did that. And if you ever want like some kind of cute merch, if you honestly ask me, like, I'll send you something. I'll, I'll make something and send it to you. Like, I don't care. This is a bribe. Um, if you would also like to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, I love getting a written review. They make me feel so warm and fuzzy inside, especially if they're nice. But you can also just leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts if you're feeling a little lazy. You can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Bailey Evan or at Kind of Cute Podcasts on Instagram. There's not a ton going on over there, but at least you'll always be updated when a new episode is posted. And I think that's everything. Let's get to our legit shit of the week. Okay, I mentioned them in passing in my last episode, but I wanted to shout out MiamiSample.com. They started as a sample sale company in Miami, but then COVID hit and they had to pivot online. And I think they've done a fabulous job doing that. And sometimes I don't know if their sales are like as crazy as they make them out to be. They hype everything up, but I love it. I love the energy. They make everything seem like the most amazing sale ever. But a lot of times they have incredible, incredible deals on there. Truly, like especially if it's if you see a brand coming on that you know what you want and you have it in mind and you know their pricing because you have to be quick a lot of times and like snatch what you want. And it's great. It is a final sale. So you have to kind of know your sizing and like know if what you like want, you know, it can't just be like, oh, I'm going to try it on a return. It It is final sale. But the people who run it just seem super nice. And I just think you should check them out. And like, so maybe next week I'll be able to find a, a good LGBTQ company. It's feature on my legit shit. Uh, but Pride Month's every year. Who are we kidding? All right. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye.